twins, yo. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweep. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. And McCann drives one to deep left field. Back goes Hummel. That ball's way out of here. First home run of the year for James McCann, and he hit the tar out of it. Shallow center field, out McNeil, calling, and he makes the catch, and the ball game is over. He falls (laughs) flat on his face, but the Mets survive. Struck him out. Got him with a slider. McGill with his seventh strikeout, throws a 1-2-3-6. And he drives this one out to right field. Smith goes back, and it's out of here. J.D. Davis with his first home run of the year, an opposite field shot. Line to Giorme, he snags it, and that ends the ball game. And the Mets take two out of three from the Diamondbacks. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at Jake Brown Radio, at Figgy NY. That montage you just heard, courtesy of SNY, of course, the best team in baseball. Figgy, doesn't it have a nice ring to it when, sure, it's early, but we enter April 25th as the best team in baseball. April 25th, the day of the light jacket. I'm trying to make a good movie reference to Miss Congeniality, and I forgot the line. I should have wrote it down. Good Lord. Did you know what I was referencing there? This is how we start. I got to start over. This is how we start. start No, no. We're starting right there. That's where we should start. So, again, uh, 12 and 5 is absolutely fantastic. It's way better than 5 and 12, but it's April, and it is April 25th, and jacket or no jacket, you might need a straight jacket if you think that it's going to be this easy for the rest of the season. The line was, it was describing the perfect date. That's a tough one. I'd have to say April 25th because it's not too hot and not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Boom. There it is. Or a Diet Coke sweatshirt will do as well. Yes, I know it's not time to call the parade, but... Figgy, they're doing it with a lot of backups. We'll wait to hear, you know, the Jacob deGrom news. But for now, this team is doing it with guys stepping up and coming through dripping. Big drip. <laughs> 3-0. He's been electric. He's throwing gas, too. I mean, I don't think I realized the gas that McGill throws. And he's got all the swag in the world. And it's those guys doing it, shocking us. You know, our guy Brian just asked us who's been the biggest surprise besides Lindor, who hasn't been a surprise because we knew he'd have a big comeback season. It's been McGill and Peterson. Peterson been good as well. Big drip McGill had to fill in for Jacob DeGrom and has been pitching big games for this team. And it's been led by the starting pitching. The offense isn't lighting the world on fire. They're doing their job. But 
it's been these back end starting pitchers that have surprised us early on. Yeah, without a doubt. And one of the things about McGill that we saw last year is first time you ever face him, he has great success. He has plus stuff across the board, uh, 97 mile an hour fastball that he can get up to even 99 at times. His ability to use his off speed pitches, um, his command has been very, very good from day one. It's now being seen the second and third times against the same teams. Can he continue to get the same results or better? Um, you don't want the you know, degradation of his stuff. It's not really his stuff, but it's more like they know his tricks. They understand the way he likes to pitch. They know what counts he likes to use his breaking ball in. They know what counts he won't use his off-speed stuff in. So that's where you start seeing teams taking advantage of a young pitcher. In year two, you hope he learned from his second half. His first half was legendary. I mean, we're talking historic things he was doing in his first seven starts. You know, he had more wins and more strikeouts than Dwight Gooden to start a career. And you start thinking all these crazy thoughts. And then all of a sudden, very similar also to Taiwan Walker, how quickly it went south for them. And then you start wondering, well, can he actually do this thing on a major level? And he has done nothing but been everything like Buck said, everything that they needed in a time of need. I love what he brings to the table and even better when he's going to be the fifth or sixth starter. It would be much better for this team. Yeah, and hopefully they do get to ground back. But the Mets take two of three from the Diamondbacks in the place where you made your debut in Arizona under the aforementioned Buck Showalter, who Saturday, Figgy, you know, that's a game in 2021 the Mets lose. They, they lose the game. Edwin Diaz blows it. You know, he gives up another homer. With two outs, he gives up a game-tying homer. And I was at break in Astoria watching. And I'm like, here we go again. It's happening again. But, they, you know, he strikes out the next guy. And then Starling Marte speed does it again. An overturned call gets them the lead run. And then finally, we're seeing Seth Lugo show some of his nasty stuff. But that's a game they normally lose and they win. And Buck, after the game, was excited about what he saw from Edwin Diaz. Hearts, let's cue up what Buck had to say. Quick two outs in the ninth. Stunning that the ball jumped. No, you know what's stunning is, is that we lose sight of how hard it is to do what he those guys do. I mean, you're getting everybody's best shot here. And uh, he's been nails first. You know what I like about him? is that He got struck the next guy out. Instead of woe is me and living in pity and just he got out there and get, I'm, I'm glad he's ours. He's a good one. Our own Mike Puma with the question. But Buck is pushing all the right buttons, Figgy. And haters like Andrew Hartz want to say that it's because the Mets easy schedule that they're playing well. But I think you got to beat those teams on the schedule because all the good teams do that. And you can afford losses to teams when you have that West Coast trip like the Dodgers and Padres. And those tough teams, you got to get past these teams and continue winning series. We're not asking for sweeps. We're asking for two out of three, Figgy. And they're doing that. They got over the first hurdle of the first Edwin Diaz blown save in a one-run game. So now it feels like it's going to be smooth sailing from here. Well, two things, right? Just like with football and all the major sports, the turnover year to year, you have no idea who's a good team yet. None whatsoever. Uh, The Braves last year at this time, you know, you're thinking, this team's going to not be very good, except they did have Acuna at this time last year. These are the games that give you that little bit of, a, of confidence that you have this lead and you continue to be in first place. The Mets were in first place for 100 games, more than any other team was last year. And what did that mean when it came to August, September and World Championship? I'm not banking on any of it. I'm not looking at it either way. It's too early to tell who's a good team, who's not a good team. The Marlins in 2020 surprised everybody and went down to the stretch with a a full team 
of guys you never heard of. I'm very optimistic still because I love what this team is built to do and how they're doing it. Um, it's not been one guy carrying the load. It's not been one guy. Pete Alonzo has been kind of just an aforementioned in this lineup because now you have speed. Now you have a balanced lineup. You have Mark Cannon all the way down in the bottom of the lineup, just continuing to pile up hits and their singles and a whole lot of singles, but those still count. I do believe hearts. They still count singles as hits. Is that a stat still that they're keeping? I think so. I, I, I believe that single <laughs> still actually matter in baseball. Yeah. Anytime I hear still counts, I think of I just had sex by Lonely Island. Still counts. Doesn't matter. Uh, I had sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that's how you should be as a Met fan right now. Right now, it still counts. You're in first place. You're not in last place. Uh, you know, there's high expectations for both New York teams. And if you're the team in New York that's in first place right now, you should be strutting your stuff. So what Figgy is saying is the Mets motto for 2022 is win games and have sex. Win games, have sex. Get it on your shirt. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Have sex, win games. <laughs> Hold on. The, the parallels are not that simple. And I, I am transitive not Transitive property, that. tells me. This message has not been brought to you by Nelson Figueroa. <laughs> Do that voice the whole show. I like that voice. That is uh, that is your radio voice uh, that you put on. Yeah, I like that. That, that. That's when I have to turn on the radio voice. But look, you got to be excited. You got to be excited because Lindor is seeming like the guy and I don't care how much you paid him. You had to overpay at the time and the market wasn't set, you know, by his contract, everybody else got a lot less, all those five, six short steps that were all interchangeable guys. Now you can see why you wanted Lindor from the left side, the right side. He's hitting the ball. Well, he's playing tremendous defense. He's that leader. He's that leader that you wanted. He's the face of the franchise. The smile is electric. What? Oh my God. I did the Jake, the electric thing. Electric. That's a dollar the, in the jar. <laughs> the, the smile, the swagger. I mean, he, he makes this team go. And you know, I, I said it long time ago about how he reminded me that he could have possibly been the love child of Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran. He's got that kind of power of Carlos Beltran, the switch hitting ability and the speed of Jose Reyes all in one and the defensive ability, you know, up the middle. So he has been everything you wanted him to be. Um, Marte can help you in so many different ways with his arm, so his glove, his speed, um, his swagger. You want to talk about electric? Some would say iconic. Another Jake favorite word, a staple. He's iconic. And that play, Figgy, on a ground ball to third, a routine grounder, he beats it out to give the Mets their winning run. I mean, that doesn't happen with in past Mets years. It just doesn't. He steals third, scores on a wild throw to third. So any guy that steals third wins me over. Now, don't steal second in a rally killer like he did versus the Giants with two outs to end an inning, because that will be me pulling my non-existent hair out. You can't be doing that. <laughs> no more steal. You can't be a rally killer, but, you know, it's something different. When have we seen that kind of dynamic? on the base pass from this Mets team. It's been a while, right? I can't even think of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a long while since you have a guy who could possibly lead the national league in, in stolen bases and a guy who gets out there and you're expecting him to, at some point, whether it's stealing second or stealing third, you want to see a ball just hit down the line. Cause you know, he's going to score. Uh, he does so many things so well. And it was a great, uh, I always thought it was a great pickup. And it wasn't a super amount of money. It wasn't one of these contracts where, oh, well, you know, he is over 30, so he can't play baseball anymore. This is a guy who's figured out exactly who he is and what he can do. And with that cannon in right field, it was questionable why he was playing right field and not playing center as a gold glover. But you can understand for the Mets being a stable force 
in right field is better because remember when he came up, it was him and McCutcheon and Gregory Polanco. All three of those guys could have been center fielders, but McCutcheon at the time was the Wiley veteran who could cover ground and shade over and keep everybody in line. And so I think he's learned a lot in his uh, time in the big leagues. And to be, I can't even believe same guy I played with in winter ball is a Wiley veteran right now. And uh, a guy that's making a huge difference for the Mets. You said something about his arm in right field, but I I don't think you said it correctly. Do you want to repeat something about his arm figgy? The uh, C word that you said? No, because I know what's going to come out of your mouth. Marte. He's got a hose. He's got an absolute hose, Jake. Oh, there it is. (laughs) You said it once. You forgot to say it the second time. Oh, no. Oh, I know what it was i wasn't saying it again we got to do the voice too it's part of it's part of the fun kern and kern people listen to that they probably still have no idea what i'm talking about when i say kern and kern uh but that's what the internet's for you can look it up max scherzer has been a fun new piece as well because he had a no hitter going in a double header i ran into hearts tuesday night was not man enough to do both games he only did one um but it's fine i did both very cold um, anytime you hear that line, one another movie reference, I think of Home Alone 3. She's very old and very cold. It was very cold of these games and these 7 p.m. games what coming up. Did you just weekend, say Home Alone 3? Home when, Alone uh, 3? Why kid, did you ever get to Home Alone 3? Well, one and two are obviously better, but of course you had to watch three to see what it was, you know, what it was like. And I think we could all agree it was nowhere I, near. One I don't know. If two. We, I don't know if we can be friends. Well, they changed actors. Sorry. It was no longer Macaulay Culkin. Um, I wonder was, why. Yeah, I guess he, they didn't give him a big enough check to do a third one. Um, but the, <laughs> the grandma was in the garage, like tied up. This is this is getting up. A- all right. That, all right. I'm going to keep you focused. Back to Max Scherzer. And oh, yeah, that guy. What Max Scherzer. <laughs> That night had everything working as he always seems to. And and when that man is on the mound, Mad Max is is a very apropos name for him because that dude is locked in and wants to just kill the other team. One of my favorite games to watch for an opposing pitcher at City Field was when the Mets, you know, were going to the playoffs and it was Max's last start and he punched out. What was it? Was it 20 or 19 guys? He was out there with reckless abandon, wanted to embarrass them. Yeah, you're going to make it to the playoffs, the one game playoff, I think it was. And then he said, you know what? But you're going to remember this and shoved like nobody has at City Field and its history when he has his mindset on doing something. I don't think there's anything that, that that can deter it. The only thing that stops him usually is himself because he's so adamant about not walking people that he's going to challenge them with a fastball and a fastball count. It might give up a solo home run here and there, but he's not going to beat himself when the game's on the line. And he starts for the Mets Monday night in a tough game. It's not an easy game, a tough game against the Cardinals in St. Louis before the Mets take on the Phillies for three at City Field. They got to stop with these April 7 p.m. games. As I said, they know it's chilly. I know Sunday night baseball Saturday should not be a 7 p.m. game. Whoever did that on the schedule, he a knucklehead. That guy's a knucklehead. So make it a 1 p.m. Saturday game. Um, but terrible. <laughs> this guy's serving uh, cheese potato cake instead of chicken nuggets at the baseball game, uh, which I'm going to try at the next homestand as well. But we're excited right now. And yeah, I tweeted out something about death tax of the Mets winning series. And then someone said death taxes and the Mets fans acting cocky in April. April is like our World Series. Let us appreciate the fun that we're having right now, because so many times we realize that the fun will go to crap 
come August and September and October when we're on your local golf course. We understand that, but let us have our fun. Let us enjoy April because this is different. I don't want to hear the oh same old Mets are coming, same old Mets are coming. The buck stops there. We got buck. That's right. Put it on the back cover of the freaking New York Post. Buck is different. There's a swag about this team, and they're doing it without two starting pitchers. They've battled adversity. This is a different ball club, and as I said before the season, I feel something special, Figgy. You feel it in the air. It's in the air tonight. Phil Collins bang on the drums. This could be something different. Do you feel that or am I overreacting? Overreacting a little bit, but I like the mix of young talent, veteran players, new presence in Max Scherzer and and what he brings to this team. You know, these are the kinds of things you need later on in the season. And that's usually what you make trades for, right? To get those veteran guys. The 2015 team went out and got four or five big pieces at the deadline. So you're excited for what you see now, and you can only envision what the possibilities are as they get closer to the deadline and or look to get pieces that they need. It's going to be interesting because of the extended uh, playoffs, uh, the, all the teams going in, because there's going to be more teams that are going to hold on to their assets and, and not be cashing in and saying, well, let's trade away our veteran guy for you know two, three prospects. So it'll be interesting to see the way that baseball always writes itself um, with these new you know rules and everything else. So I'm, I'm excited to know that we have ownership that will write the checks. We have you know front office that has been very aggressive thus far. And you have Buck Showalter, who, again, throughout his career, has put teams in place to be very, very successful for a long time to come. Only problem is he somehow gets fired right before it happens. So said this before, I, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But this is the year I think, you know, we can fit buck into a dress if you like it put a ring on it in the words of the great philosopher beyonce Knowles, this is this is the year how many references are you trying to get into the show today because it's unbelievable that there's got to be a sponsor by this is a side wager somewhere <laughs> like you a side wager three and a half of movie references. you got like beyonce you got home alone three you got miss congeniality how many things can you reference Listen, in one show jake when on you're it. the best in the business you're the best in the business it's just not denying when you're a pod father you're a pod father you do think things that no other host can do. And that's that, that there were no lines. Amazing, play. but Rue. amazing, but Rue. here it is. Hey. <laughs> Anyways, we continue going off the deep end for a guy who can't swim. I go off the deep end a lot, so I don't, I don't know how I do it considering I got a doggy paddle my way through this 45 minute episode of amazing, but true. No guests today. And we'll do the Spanish Academy in a little bit. We will do the figgies fables in a little bit where figgy tells a story from his long journey. And we'll close out the show later and get an update on your travels to uh, West Virginia and how the ferry Hawks are doing. We'll do that later in the show as we are remote today. And you could hear the, the ambient sounds of Astoria with uh, uh, sirens going off everywhere. But speaking of sirens going off everywhere, Yankee fans, Yankee fans, Yankee fans. Figgy, we got to touch on this because it is baseball related and was a big story over the weekend. And our own Andrew Hartz is, unfortunately for him, a Yankees fan. And unfortunately for us, a fan of this franchise. And now when people rip on the fans, yes, some people will say entire fan base. I don't put the entire fan base in this realm because I do know good Yankee fans. But what happened Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium? cannot happen at a baseball game. 
Stop throwing things on the field. Stop putting players in danger. Figgy, you've been on that field before. You wouldn't want beer bottles being thrown in you. On top of the fact that these beer bottles are $16, you're throwing away $5 worth of beer to make a point, to look cool, to feel like you have an edge over a guy making $25 million a year more than you. Are you jealous? Is that why? And you know that they can't go into the crowd and attack you back. A guy in left field holding up what some people call like a pussy sign, whatever, over his over his head. He put that up and cheering when the left fielder got injured, led to the Guardians players, their new team name. I almost let one slip there. The Guardians players to defend him. Rooting for an injury is a disgrace. But then on top of that, to go in right field, to win the game, the Yankees tie the game and then a walk off and then throw things on the field after a win is absolutely shameful. There was a guy in right field with an L, a loser sign on his forehead. He must have been looking at a local mirror nearby because that's the only thing he was. He was the loser, not the outfielders going after him to the point where Figgy, Yankees fans, everyone else celebrating. The players are jumping on top of each other. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan have to go to right field and say, no, stop it to their own fans after a victory. That is as low of a moment as you can get. It's an embarrassment. A young girl was hit by a beer bottle that was thrown. Her dad is covering her. It is not a fun experience for people that were trying to get to love this game. Like that girl, young daughter, young son, that they're getting hit by their own fan base after a win. Not even a loss. Not even a bad call. Not even a strike three. That might have been a ball. Cough, cough, Angel Hernandez. It wasn't that. It was after a victory. It cannot happen. And Yankee fans and those people should be embarrassed by their own fan base because we know it doesn't represent everyone. But there's moments like that that happen far too often, and it needs to stop. Unfortunately, it's not just the Yankees and their fan base. And I think because it's local, it hits us a little harder. Look at, you know, Boston and and Kyrie. Look at all around sports. There's more and more attacks going on. And we try to humanize these players. You know, they're fallible. They make mistakes. They, you know, try to they're the ones that have to own up to it because a sea of fans don't have to own up to their behaviors. Right. So you get the professional athlete who's making so much money. He should know better. But society at large can just do what they want now and, and, and attack people, try to cancel them for the way that they react back. They're not supposed to have you know, feelings, emotions. If you're going into Yankee Stadium and you're playing there often and the Guardians don't have to, but you have to play there often. You have to go back. So anytime a Boston player is in those in that area with the bleacher creatures and everyone else, it's always going to be, you know, deemed dangerous. And you're afraid to go back to the wall and make a catch and make a play. And if you don't give up the ball, you know, to give the ball to a fan, give the ball to a kid, you're getting cursed out the whole time. I've said this many, many times. And I think Javi Baez was one of the first players who went and said, you know, how would you feel? How would you feel if every day someone's telling you you suck? How would you feel if every day they're just getting on you and they're your home fans, right? That's the kind of thing that there's no place for it in sports because being a fanatic, being a fan is to root for your team. It doesn't mean you are trying to kill the other team or you're trying to demoralize the other team and take it. There's just a line and that you should not cross. Throwing stuff onto the field is a line you should never cross. And with modern technology, they need to go and be able to zero in on every single fan. They know where their ticket is. Boom, you've been suspended for the season. Do it again, be suspended for life. Those kinds of things need to be happening to set a precedence that is so 
outrageously that that makes you not even think twice you know before you even go to the game i'm not gonna do anything stupid today guys running out on the field that was a trend for a while right and what does it do yeah there's some people who catch it on their cameras but uh national network television isn't going to show it you know what they're going to they should show they should show your court date they should show what it does to your you know to your social life when everybody oh yeah look that's the jackass who ran across the field naked those kinds of things you know there's no place for it you should be able to celebrate with your team when they win you take away from that kind of a victory because now you've really tarnished what it means to be a a Yankee fan in April where you're celebrating a walk-off win should be a good thing. And now it's like the furthest thing from your mind because you're worried about, okay, if they did that, how can we top that? Those are the bad Apple fans now because they're going to try and do something even stupider. I was in Philly when the, the tasing happened. I was the guy warming up when the very first the very first tasing happened. Rola Banyas was in left field and this guy was running around in circles in the outfield. And here I am warming up and I'm like, I hear the fans cheering. And I'm like, why are they cheering so damn loud right now? And I turn around, I look, this guy's running around, the security guard's running around in circles with him. And all of a sudden he just pulls out his taser, shoots across the circle, it hit him right in the back and he flopped around like a fish. You can still go on YouTube and see it. And I'm standing there going, yep, yep, it's about right. I'm trying to get ready in a game. I think it was like the seventh inning of the game. And I'm like, this is my life. This is what I, this is what I have to endure. Um, they take that guy off and the next night, Somebody tried to do the same thing. And this guy was a heavy set fellow who came out of the left field corner and he ran out of steam as he tried to run around the warning track. And so I was out there playing catch with the outfielders. I was, I was, pl- I was playing catch with the outfielders. And um, as he's walking towards me, he's like huffing and puffing. And I go, you're right, bro. He's like, yeah. He goes, I'm really high right now. And I go, all right, that, that, that's fair. I go, you want to take a walk with me? He goes, yeah. I go, let's just walk and we'll keep this calm and peaceful. I go, security's coming towards you right now. Don't do anything stupid. And we're walking and security just comes and they go, we got him. And they walk side by side with him. And, you know, afterwards I asked the security guard, I go, everything was cool. He was all right. He goes, oh yeah, he was good. But um, he didn't miss many walls on the way to, (laughs) on the way to the little holding cell. He didn't miss many walls. I was like, oh, okay. We sent the message. You got to be better. All right. Fans, you got to be better. You can yell, you can scream. Yeah, I, I get it. But I guarantee you, if that player was in front of you, you'd be asking for an autograph, a picture. You would say he's your favorite player, even if he was on the other team. But you would not say the things you say to his face. I guarantee you. They feel at an elevated angle. They have an advantage because it's the first time in their life they've been bigger than this player. I have the high ground. ground. Yes, yeah. in the upper deck, you have the high ground, sucker. Yeah, but I, I like that. Film you. their court date. Let's let's make this Judge Judy. How about we, you know, let's film them getting cuffed. Let's film them getting tased and them getting Nobody harassed. ever hears about so that. That's the thing. Nobody that. ever hears about the consequences. Show me the consequences. Let Ban the them consequences. for life. It no, says no it on the ticket. warning. Ban them for life. It says it on the ticket. It says it on the ticket, you know, that, you know, there's certain things that'll go along a possible fine, a possible. No, don't don't put it on the ticket. Put it on the jumbotron and show actual fans, you know, what this guy did and show his highlight of what he did. And now he's banned from going to games. You know what this guy did? And now he's banned from going to games. And that, you know, took took away his season tickets. He's had season tickets for 20 years. And now he's not allowed to come to the ballpark anymore. He watches from home. That's what they need to do. That, that would probably set some people straight. That's scared straight for uh, fans. I don't want any more beer bottles. The fact that you're wasting. I mean, these things are expensive. I don't <laughs> you know, my mom sees my mom's like another Mets game. Like, are you drinking? I get I'm like, I don't really like to drink at the games because they're expensive. Like, uh, yeah, sweet free drinks, of course. But if it's paying for drinks, 
No, I you, you, you've gotten spoiled, Jake. I'm you have so gotten spoiled. spoiled, and it's yeah. so bad right now. That, it's really that bad. I, I don't. I, and that's now. Can you imagine as we get closer to September? You know, Mets are still doing what they're doing now. Jake, you're not gonna know what to do with yourself. Sitting in the dugout or bust. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to Ferry Hawks games, I want dugout treatment. I want to be sitting next to you and Fonzie and deciding who's pitching the seventh inning. That's what I want. Don't worry, treatment. you'll you'll be on the field taking BP, and we will be uh, showing film of oh that. Oh my god, I'll do it. It's gonna be embarrassing. Just don't hit me, please. I, I'm not wearing a cup. I don't think I've ever worn a cup in my life. I played little first league. First of all, if you get hit the cup hit. taking batting practice, there's a really big issue. You're playing the wrong sport. Well, <laughs> listen, I did a batting cage in Cooperstown. That was the closest I got to the Hall of Fame. And I ended up in the hospital because I like sprained my thumb. <laughs> and there's a picture of me with like a cast over my thumb doing a thumbs up with a like look the <laughs> little thing over it. And uh, that ended my baseball career. So that was my story mm. of my Cooperstown. That's Jake's tables. Uh, here at Amazing But True. We still got Figgy's table to get into and the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. But, of course, we'll preview the next week. is coming up next. Max Scherzer Monday, three versus the Cardinals, three against the Phillies. We'll get the return Figgy of Taiwan Walker likely over the weekend, which means no David Peterson, which who's been good. So that's, that's tough for him because he's been nice. But we still will have McGill until DeGrom potentially returns. All right, the Academy's coming, Figgy. But coming up next on Amazing But True, it's the debut of Figgy's Fable. It's now time for the debut of Figgy's Fables with Nelson Figueroa. He played parts of nine seasons in the big leagues. He is a two-time Taiwan Series champion, a Taiwan Series MVP. He has played across the world, including representing Puerto Rico. Let's welcome in Brooklyn's finest, Nelson Figueroa, former Met SNY analyst, and now co-hosts a show called Amazing But True with my fat ass. Figgy, take it away. Uh, your face looks just as good. As we talk about fan and fan interaction, not all fans are thought of as evil people. Um, throughout my career, I've met so many wonderful fans and you go to different towns. And first thing is always kind of that first interaction and, and as a visitor. And I remember we were in Chicago. A buddy of mine is pitching. He's got a 1.8 ERA and the fans are yelling for him. Hey, Jason, you're doing great, man. Jason over here, you got a 180 RA. And he's like looking like, oh man, these guys know my stats. And he turns around, they go, hey, Jason. And he turns around, he gives them a thumbs up. They go, you suck. And his smile went immediately to a frown, but then they all started clapping for him. And he was like, oh, okay, they got me, they got me. Um, fan interaction, especially in Chicago, place, place like Wrigley, it could go one of two ways, right? And it all depends on how you react to the fans. So if you can get back to them and give them as much as they give you, they'd enjoy that interaction. And those things are fun. Joe Smith was one of the very first players that went viral on the internet for his interaction with the fans. And this was when cell phones started to have cameras on them. And I remember because Jay Harwitz was saying, guys, hey, hey guys, listen, you, you, you just got to be really careful now because you, you, ne you never know who's, who's watching in the stands. Just, just think about what you're going to say before you say it. That was Jay Harwitz. Joe Smith decided to defend Met fans because as these Chicago bleacher creatures are yelling down at him about how we suck, the team sucks, this sucks. 
Joe Smith turns around and goes, you guys aren't even good at this. You're bad at being fans. Like you're not even close. You can't even hold a candle to Met fans. You got to come up with better lines. You got to. And but he used some expletives and it went viral on the Internet. You hope that, you know, fans can understand that, you know, we're people, too, and we're humans. We do love the interaction. We do love, you know, being able to, to give a quick quip here and there. And in St. Louis, very respectful fans. They know their baseball. They tell you, you know, oh, wow, you've been pitching great lately. You know, you last two starts. You gotta, and you're like, why do you care this much? I, <laughs> I'm the fifth starter for, you know, a team that you, you really don't like. But going out to warm up for my start and I'm in a groove throwing my pitches. And all of a sudden I hear this little voice. And this lady with a raspy voice is like, hey, Figueroa, boxers or briefs? And the crowd laughs and I'm smiling now. Now she's cracked my attention. Now I'm locked and focused. She's cracked my attention. And I turn around, I look at her and I go, commando. And she goes, Woo! and all the fans start cheering. They thought it was hilarious. So here I am five minutes before a start. And I was like, all right, she just broke me. That's great. We went back the following year. And this is kind of the thing. Everyone knew who she was. Her nickname was Little Bit. You know, it's tiny lady, but upper 50s, close to 60. I went back and the first person I asked for was, hey, where's Little Bit? You know, it's been quiet over here in the bullpen. Where's Little Bit? And they were like, she died, you know, and that, that whole section of fans, you know, how the seven line has their section. There's, there's fans that sit in the same section over by the bullpen in St. Louis. And, you know, it just hits you because the humanity, the human part of it is that you had a relationship now with this person over a little quip and, and now they're gone and you didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Those things, they, they you feel those as a player. It, it, this isn't all like one way where you're a fan of us. We're a fan of you guys, especially the ones who are respectful. You come to a game, you bring your kid. I have a relationship with a lot of kids who I give them, you know, baseballs to, including our producer of the show. I have a kid on my team right now who came up to me and he said in Buffalo, he goes, there were a group of kids in Buffalo and we were just being rowdy and, and, and yelling all the time. And your shortstop made an error and threw the ball into the stands towards us. And we were all over him and you came out of the dugout and you said to us, hey, you know, we're the home team. Remember that. Hopefully one day you guys will be cheering for you guys. And you gave me this pair of fire batting gloves that were Met colors. He goes, and I never forgot that. And the kid is actually on our team now here with the Ferry Hawks. His last name is Perez. He's such a good dude. And he's like, you know, that changed everything for me. It changed my perspective of, you know, what it meant to be a ball player. And, and I can't believe like you're my coach now. So those things come full circle in a way. And it's, it's one of those things that I love to hear these stories about all the different interactions I've had and, and, and how our lives kind of cross paths and they always seem to come back again. So I implore you, kill them with kindness. And you'll see different reactions out of those players and you'll have a reaction that lasts a lifetime and they'll remember you for it because they're so used to people always, you know, doing the opposite, trying to show off. If you just put a smile and, you know, tell them you appreciate them, they'll appreciate you back. All right. That story had a lot of layers. I'm going to go watch Shrek now. <laughs> Throw the layers of that story. You went from uh, the gay Horowitz impressions going like this to little bit dies to remember your loved ones to uh, cheer nicely. That is part one of Figgy's Fables on Amazing But True. Coming up next, it's the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy on Amazing But True. Out of napkins and ketchup. So you're going to wipe yourself with your shirt. Bienvenidos, mi gente. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. 
Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and, mm. and get it get the tongue right. You gotta believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R, but otherwise. Awful. Bore, tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, see. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenidos a la Academia de Español de Nelson Figueroa. Good I am Nelson Figueroa. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Jake more and more. Nelson Figueroa here with Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz. We are in the midst of the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. It's been a while. Yeah, in which we learned that Jake is not getting any better. Today's phrase, oh, we'll start with the word. Let's start with the word. Today's word of the day describes a type of fan. If you listen to the show earlier, you realize drunk fans are ruining the game for most of us. And that would be fanaticos borrachos. Oh my goodness, here we go again. Took a couple weeks off, now he's rolling ours. Fanat- Let's do it again. <laughs> Fanaticos borrachos. Fanaticos borrachos. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's a, still a hard R, man. That, that the rolling is really going to help you. Fanaticos, Fanaticos borrachos. 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 borrachos Why borrachos do you have like the nachos libres? Great movie. There's another movie reference. Look at that. We get it. Get the intern Cameron and do a movie tally counter here from today's show. But <laughs> Fanaticos Barachos. Yeah, so That's yeah, an that one's easy for you. A plus. I, oh, first one you nailed. Funny, ironically, drunk fans. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, if you had Yankees in there. Fanaticos Barachos de Yankees. No, why why right? Yankees? Why, why was that Yankees? Because the Yankee, Yankee fans. It's no, that's like, daddy. Uh, oh, yeah. So the, the artist. David Ortiz says it. The, the, the Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican um, rap artist. Daddy. What's his name? Daddy Yankee. <laughs> oh, my God. You did not just do that. I had this argument all the time it's about. Retiring, by the say, way. Yes. When they say Yankees and they say Yankees and they say New York, but they say New York. And then they say New Jersey, New Jersey. So if you could say the why, why not use the why when you're saying the Yankees? What is that? Is is Daddy Yankee Poppy Yankee, or do you just say that? Is it like Poppy Yankee? He he just prefers to go by Daddy. But how do you say Daddy in Spanish? Is it just Poppy? Poppy? It is Poppy. Mm -hmm. All right, that's that's Mm -hmm. a whole different show. What's what's next on the agenda? (laughs) Daddy. The phrase that pay the phrase that pays is the best team in the major leagues. El mejor equipo. The Grande Ligas. Okay, I'm going to have to write this down. This is out of control. All right, say it again. El mejor equipo de Grande Ligas. Equipo de Grande <laughs> de Ligas. All right, I wrote it down. See if I get it. El mejor equipo de Grande Ligas. Is that close? This right? isn't bad, Jacob. Jacobo Café. Repite, por favor. El mejor equipo de Grande Ligas. I'm sorry. Did you have Spanish food last night? Did you? Uh, I had a new Chinese spot that was maybe I'm going to shout them out because it was maybe the best Chinese food I've ever had in Queens. Pacific Moon. I got this chicken on a stick was, you know, about this hearts. Have you had this place? That's my Chinese food spot. Pacific Moon. Yeah, that's my go to. <laughs> Holy shumai. That shrimp shumai. Oh, bang. How special lo mein. And the chicken on the sixth, sick, the chicken on the stick. 
It was incredible. Um, oye, sorry, oye, oye, oye. Estamos en clase de español. Order is the court. You're not going to say it in Spanish. Don't say it. So, la luna pacifica. La luna pacifica. What do you think that means? Uh, Pacific moon. There you go. Well, how do you so, say chicken on a stick? Shout out to Pacific moon. <laughs> Pollo en una palita. Okay, that's a different. That's for after. That's too much. That's enough for that. That's I was on the line. I was two for two, and I'm not trying to ruin my streak. I'm taking my A plus from the academy right here on Amazing But True. We'll close out the show next. Imagine like Chick Fil A. The Mets are like Chick Fil A. They're, they're they're always off on uh, Sunday. All righty, Figgy. That'll say uh, bonsoir. To episode 101 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake Brown, and to Andrew Hartz for producing our show. Figgy, uh, something that I related with Eduardo Escobar to, the closest I've related to a baseball player, petrified of cats. Now, I hate cats. I'm sorry to all you cat owners out there. I am a puppy guy. Give me a little puppy that I could cradle. You walk in the park, walk in the streets. But a cat, they scare me. They're unpredictable. They scratch. You know, our buddy Sarah McCrory always ended up with scratch marks. I was like, "Are you? is everything okay at home? And it was like her cat's <laughs> abusing her. I mean, it was brutal what cats could do to you. Now, you have a couple of cats, don't you? Yes, I do. I have a couple of kittens who are now almost a, they'll be a year old in July. Jake, you, you've got to get over this fear. It's okay to not have total control and have to put a leash on something. The cats roam free. They get to determine. They they, they set the terms of how much they like you. That's the problem with you. You want to be in control of how much an animal likes you. When you have cats, you realize that the nicer you treat them, the nicer they treat you. Uh, and and it's and it, it is that unpredictability because it's a, a different kind of interaction. The dog, they get trained to like you. You give them treats to like you. A cat doesn't need a damn treat. Honestly, I've bought so many toys for these cats that they don't even use. They'd rather use a brown paper bag. Anything I bring home in a brown paper bag, that brown paper bag is now the greatest thing on earth. I am the greatest person. I am their person now. They'll come hang out with me because I brought them a brown paper bag that they can run I mean, in and out. You're of proving me. my point even more. What kind of thing enjoys a paper bag? It's meant Cat. to put your drink from the bodega in and cats and babies after cats and babies. A, a baby, baby, a baby likes like the, the box and the wrapping paper. Oh, stop! The only person like the brown paper bag is Lil Wayne because he wrote a song about it. There's no the brown paper bags. Get the hell out of here with playing with the bro. What are you gonna do with a brown paper bag? They scratch you. A lot. You could be the nicest person ever to this cat. You're getting scratched. If you have a cat and don't have scratch marks, they're not a cat. They're a different animal. It's just not a cat. <laughs> so it's a guarantee you're going to have scratch. So shout out to Eduardo. Didn't Sarah have a black eye? Yes. I thought Sarah had a black eye. She wasn't a UFC fighter. She was a podcast producer. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> like cat punched her in the eye. Cats literally abusive. So <laughs> me, Ron Darling, Eduardo Escobar, team puppies, no cats. Plus, I definitely am allergic because when they're around, I definitely get red eye and sneeze and all that jazz. I got to get tested and make sure I get not allergic to cats, but I definitely. That's a whole can of worms you're opening up right there, my friend. Anyways, the Ferry Hawks are on pace for a 0 in 150 season <laughs> this year, correct? <laughs> 132, and that's not happening. You can bank it, guaranteeing. Yes. It's been rough. Well, rough weekend. Um, did you we've had one inning. We've had one inning in each game where anything that could go wrong did go wrong. We haven't come through with clutch hits when we've had runners in the scoring position. Remember, we had our spring training for eight days in 45 degree weather and rain in Staten Island. 
This team has been practicing down here in the lovely 75, 80 degree weather in West Virginia. And um, no, they, is that Garrett they, they Cole co-hosting the show? Is that Garrett Cole making excuses <laughs> over there? They they out they outplayed us. However, we've had injuries to both our catchers right out the shoot. Today's an off day, a chance to regroup. Actually, we're gonna have practice later on in the afternoon just to get out there because tomorrow's already been deemed a rain out before the rain here in Maryland. And so Wednesday we'll have Julio Teheron pitching for us, and then Julio Teheron will be pitching our home opener on May third. Well, there you go. Well, for Eddie Reynoso and for your rain out, you're going to need to open a nice cold drink. I'm going to open my cold Diet Coke right now. Thanks to them for sending me some Diet Cokes. And uh, enjoy my chicken on a stick leftovers, aren't I? I'm now an influencer. They Instacart me Diet Coke. I'm going to drink this one with my pinky out. No, 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 no. You've been influenced. You are not an influencer. There is not one Amazing But True fan that is going, damn, that Diet Coke sounds good. I'm going to try Diet Coke because the Jake's so good. (laughs) I am under the influence of Diet Coke, not drugs, kids. This is going to turn into a good dare commercial. Diet Coke, not drugs. You've been listening to Amazing Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing this show. For Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I am Jake Brown. We have got three in St. Louis. We got three against the Phillies at City Field. We'll see you in Queens. And Figgy, as always, let's go Mets. Go Mets. It was like kind of in unison, but not that in unison, but good enough. Do you see why you have to fix the priorities in your life? Do you you understand what I'm saying here?